For the ones who know that a little late is always too late. And that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com slash KeepStock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Feels good, baby. I will be back here. I will be back here. I will be back in Welcome to For the Go Podcast. We are back. It is week 15. Niners are 5 and 8, traveling to the Dallas Cowboys. Niners have been on the road pretty much all of December since they have been playing in Arizona. Niners are looking at their future quarterback on the opposite side of the field in Dak Prescott. And Matt, what's going on, buddy? How's the holidays? Uh, they're going, man. We had a, a holiday Christmas party, virtual Christmas party this afternoon. Uh, I'm the new guy. I know exactly nobody. So I kept my camera and my microphone off and I just sat there in the team's meeting and just sat there. Um, but other than that, you know, it's coming along. We're what a week from Christmas, just over a week. So yeah, it's coming, it's coming quick. And, uh, yeah, but you know, we always talk with somebody from the other team. I hate this guy. I hate introducing him. I can't stand it. This is his <laughs> third time being on the podcast. He's now officially a friend of the podcast. It drives me nuts. We had him on before the Dallas preseason game. We had him on to do our mock draft. Now we're bringing him back for this because of course we are. It is Dalton B. Miller, works at 105.3, the fan in Dallas. He's also a fellow PFNer as a PFN draft analyst. Dalton, how are you doing? I hope it's horrible. No, it's it's fantastic. <laughs> it's always fantastic. Uh, I really, really got into feeling the NFL draft about a, a week and a half, two weeks ago when I was at home in Pennsylvania for a little while. Um, really diving into that, the Cowboy season, you know, obviously down the drain. Uh, but I got to get, you know, into it, into the draft to really dive into it. You know, I can sit there and I yeah. can watch a couple guys and I, and I do my summer scouting and, and things like that to get a feel for it. But I don't really, you know, enjoy it much until we get to about this time of the year. And then from now until April and then a little bit post-draft to wrap up, 
this is like all I want to do. Um, <laughs> and, and so I'm really excited for it. The, the all 22 is coming in um, and I'm, I'm popping it up on the uh, VLC as, as soon as I get it. Yeah, I mean, Dallas Cowboys are still technically alive in the NFC least, um, but Washington and the Giants are kind of keeping their head, you know, kind of making a push to get away from the Eagles and the Cowboys in this in this um, division. Niners coming in at five and eight. Um, both seasons are pretty much a wash. A lot of injuries for both sides. You lose Dak Prescott. We lose Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Bosa, the entire roster. And this is the result you get. Um, before the season started, we expected this game to be a solid matchup. Now it's been flexed out for who who's flexed in the, the, Cow- the, the uh, Cleveland Browns and the New York Giants, the San Francisco 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys have been flexed out of Sunday night football for the fucking Browns. Yo, it's okay. If Jerry don't care, we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Dalton, let's get right to, let's get right to the shits. The Niners have a quarterback problem. The Dallas Cowboys refuse to pay their current quarterback. What What is the plan with Dak, Pres- Dak Prescott for the 2021 season? Is he going to be a Niner, and why are you going to cheer for the Niners next year? Um, <laughs> yeah, so if he were... <laughs> no, 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 no. No bullshit here. If Dak Prescott were to go to the San Francisco 49ers, I would then be a San Francisco 49ers fan. Um, I'm, I'm not kidding. I, at this point with this fr- franchise, I'm kind of done with it i look at them from an analyst point of view more than a fan point of view at this point just because they've done nothing for me to to make me want to keep my fandom with them and so when dak prescott came in and and i wasn't a huge dak prescott fan um really until last year when i started to see the improvements and then you know in the first couple games of this season i thought that he was one of the top quarterbacks in the nfl that had some bad turnover luck um, in the beginning of the season. That's not really who he is. But more than anything, the type of person that Dak Prescott is makes me want to root for the individual. And it makes me really upset that the Dallas Cowboys haven't paid him. But, you know, honestly, I think with, you know, the, the salary cap possibly going down, it'll probably stay at one night around 195 and it won't drop all the way down to 175. But if it does drop down below 195, it's going to be tough for the Dallas Cowboys to tag him and not get a deal done because that'll cripple them. From, from a cap standpoint, they already don't have a ton of space and most of it's going to go to him. Uh, so I think that if the, the salary cap doesn't go up, if it does stay stagnant or drop, I think that they end up getting a deal done with him or he does get traded, one of the two. Yeah, so the 49ers clearly have a quarterback issue too. Uh, me and Javi have spoken on it many times. We don't think the answer to the quarterback position in the long term is in the building for the 49ers right now. Uh, we don't believe Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy. Nick Mullins has shown that he's not the guy, and C.J. Beathard can't get on the field with Nick Mullins playing in front of him. So clearly he is not the guy either. Um, the 49ers have looked at a lot of guys. Dak comes up a lot. Matt Stafford comes up a lot. Uh, names like uh, Matt Ryan get floated a lot just because of the Shanahan connection. And then, of course, when you look to the draft, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, because it seems like maybe Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence should obviously be out of reach, especially Trevor Lawrence. Um the Dallas Cowboys could end up drafting a very, very similar spot to the San Francisco 49ers. If they were to choose not to pay Dak, not to tag Dak, is there a quarterback that you would eye the Cowboys to really take a hard look at and maybe pick with one of their you know, top five, top six picks? Well, they'll, they'll definitely uh, end up tagging Dak. No matter what, they'll, they'll have 
Dak Prescott or they'll get the trade assets for him. So no matter what, they have to tag him. He can't just go, you know, to the wayside. Um, from a, a drafting a, a quarterback standpoint, that's really, really tough. I, I can see them going either with Trey Lance or Zach Wilson if they're available. I think that if Justin Fields for some reason is available, you know, in the 4-5 or five range, wherever the Cowboys picking and they do end up going quarterback, I think Justin Fields being a big school guy, Ohio State, um, the pedigree coming out of high school and the, the physical abilities that he has, I think that he ends up being the guy. Um, I, they really liked Carson Wentz coming out quite a bit. Uh, so the that North Dakota State ties are there but I think in in this current NFL uh, I think that a, a guy like Zach Wilson uh, who can kind of throw from any type of platform any arm angle he can make all of the throws um, and, and Trey Lance can too but you just see the the translation uh, a little bit easier with Zach Wilson I think that he has the higher floor and with the team that, you know, the Dallas Cowboys will tell you they're trying to compete next year and going forward, and they're not interested in a rebuild. I think that Trey Lance is more of a project, so he's probably the last guy I could see them picking. Well, that's absolutely fair. I think that's kind of where we are in San Francisco with Zach and uh, Lance. And even even if Fields were to fall, you know, I think you got to I mean, for the Niners, they have to look at all options. Um Let's talk about the current team. I know a lot of Cowboy fans had a lot of high hopes for Mike McCarthy um, <laughs> as a head coach. I know I was one of them who said, no, this is not going to work. Um, and it hasn't. What I think Jerry Jerry said he's going to bring him back next year. But I think at some point, Jerry should just rip this Band-Aid off and go find a new coach. Where, where are you at with this coaching staff? Don't yeah, it's just not going to happen. Uh, he's going to be around next year. Jerry Jones has admitted on our radio station he wants to and does kind of mimic or try to mirror his franchise off of what the Pittsburgh Steelers are. He wants to be the Roonies when it comes to that that football steadiness and keeping coaches around and things of that nature um, and having those relationships with players. So I think that Mike McCarthy is definitely going to be around next year. I think that if you go into 2021 and you retain Mike Nolan, even though I don't hate what he's done, and I think that, you know, other than the San Francisco 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys have been the second most injured team in the NFL. They've lost almost every single player on defense and uh, on offense other than the wide receivers this year uh, at some point, and then obviously the running backs, but, you know, they don't matter. So I do think that <laughs> Mike McCarthy at least gets, gets another shot, or that he should. I, I don't want to rip him out now. Uh, there are coaching candidates in at the college ranks that I would really like to see be the Dallas Cowboys head coach. The issue is Jerry Jones doesn't seem to have any interest whatsoever in going back to the college route, even though the college route is what won him three Super Bowls in the early 90s. Yeah, um, I was not a big fan of the Mike McCarthy hire. I didn't care that he spent a year in a barn learning analytics and watching film and whatever <laughs> else he did in his year away. I thought he was, I thought he's one of the major reasons why the Packers only won one Super Bowl, despite having prime Aaron Rodgers. I think the front office was also part of that as well. Um, you said that the Cowboys are super injured and you brought up a, a 49ers legend in Mike Nolan. Talk to us about their defense because their defense seems like it's the weak point on the team this year. Oh yeah. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> And it's particularly terrible when an offense does things to try to confuse a defense. And 
weirdly, not all offenses in the NFL do this, and I really questioned, or I still question, why not every single team last year didn't sit down and watch what Kyle Shanahan does in the run game. Because what Kyle Shanahan is able to do in the run game and, and what Sean McVay is able to do with the L.A. Rams run game is really force your linebackers and your 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 defensive linemen to be assignment sound. The Dallas Cowboys are the furthest thing from assignment sound. They are horrific when it comes to having to deal with multiple layers in the run game. Uh, and then in the secondary, they have lost at times all three of their starting corners at one time. Um, and so you were running guys out like Daryl Worley and Rashard Robinson. Uh, so it's obviously going to be back in the bad in the back end as well. And then from a coverage standpoint, when you have a guy like Mike Nolan who wants to be multiple and wants to do a bunch of, of, of things defensively to try to confuse offenses, this team with the condensed uh, or, or non-existent offseason just weren't able to learn the defense. And honestly, there's a couple of players that I just don't think are smart enough to get it, even if they did have a full offseason to do it. So a lot of uh, things kind of just piled on top and pancaked on top of each other uh, for this defense, and they were a bad run defense to start. They lost four of their top five defensive tackles, um, and when you have that and one dumb linebacker, uh, it's not going to go well. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're terrible, and honestly, the, like, the San Francisco 49ers should run for close to 300 yards against this defense. Good, because I have Jeff Wilson on my fantasy team, and I need him to play because Christian McCaffrey is probably going to be out this weekend. Um, let's talk about that. This this defense, and the, you know, before we started the show, we we figured we'd do it all in one shot, get it get it done. Um, the, the Niners could win this game just on the run game is is what I'm understanding and what I'm seeing on film. The Niners could pretty much pull a NFC championship team, championship game type of performance out here. Nick Mullins throw the ball eight times and then run it for. 35 times is that accurate depiction of what the Cowboys are right now on, de on defense uh, yeah and you don't want Nick Mullins to throw the ball more than eight times right I mean if you guys <laughs> yeah are I mean two is more than enough <laughs> you guys are watching the same film I am I mean Nick Mullins is horrific uh, and if CJ Beathard is worse than that I'm not sure what you're doing even rostering the guy at this point uh, but We've been asking the same yeah, question. I mean, they don't they don't really have to to do much other than really run and for them, what they do so well is attack the tackles in the ends and outside the tackle, and they do it from a bunch of different looks and a bunch of different uh, – they do it in a bunch of different ways pre-snap. Uh, Kyle's always putting guys in motion either, you know, at the snap or, you know, pre-snap and guys reset. And then all the play action that they run is really going to hurt this defense as well. So I do think you're going to see, you know, those boots and waggles to get the ball out quick. Uh, to George Kittle, who is going to play, um, <laughs> right? He's playing this week? Maybe. Yeah, if he plays, if he plays, he's going to get the ball in the flats, and he's going to be wide open, and it's going to be a massive play. Um, and I think that somehow that's, he's gonna, I think that's going to have, how they're going to have to, uh, not have to attack this defense, but how they will attack this defense. Somehow George Kittle will catch up in receiving yards to Kelsey this week because he he was he was our leading receiver up until yeah. what last week it was ridiculous. Well, I mean, you guys have other. I mean, I, I guess now Debo's hurt. Brandon Ayuk got Ayuk's having a, a hell of a five game stretch here. Yeah, yeah, Ayuk has been killing it recently, and actually he's had better numbers than any other rookie wide receiver over the last five games, and that includes 
Justin Jefferson, who seemingly lights it on fire every single week. The only thing Ayuk doesn't have is the touchdown numbers necessarily to back up what he's been able to do. And it's, it's incredible to see what he's doing, what like we've been saying, with this subpar quarterback play. I'm just waiting to get guys like him and Kittle and Debo a real quarterback that can consistently get the ball down the field, that can consistently hit them in stride. Because once they do, this team's going to be humming. Um, and they'll stop using Debo like a running back, which would be super nice because I'm tired of seeing him take hits and, and pull hamstrings and stuff because he only touches the ball from behind the line of scrimmage. Um, I, I think the 49ers can take advantage of the run game, and I like what you're saying about the flats. Um, Nick Mullins does not have a super strong arm. So living in the flats with somebody, like even if Kittle doesn't play, Ross Dwelly, Charlie Warner, Kyle Juszczyk, the running backs out of the backfield, and then just getting the ball to Ayuk any way he can. I think we can see them try and take that route to beat the Dallas Cowboys because as much as me and Javi would like the 49ers to lose out this season, finish 5-11 and 11 and get that high draft pick so they can move up or whatever they have to do to get a quarterback, no one on any NFL team player-wise wants to tank. No one wants yeah, to tank. Yeah, of course. No one wants yeah, to tank. No, so, not at all. That's the common misconception is when we talk about tanking, it's not about the players not playing hard or the coaches trying to lose. It's just you're playing inferior players to the other team. Right. You play young guys, your team is really, really hurt, and you just happen to lose the football game. That's how it goes. The Dallas Cowboys, they're just such a bad football team right now. I find it hard to believe that they'll be able to beat the San Francisco 49ers. So, I, no, I, like, I don't think you guys are going 5-11. and 11. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. I think this is out of out of the the out of the four remaining games last week. I thought Washington and Dallas were very winnable games, and I think Dallas is still another winnable game because of the run defense. Um, you know, there's no Chase Young or Montez Sweat in Dallas, and we talked about this last year. You know, going into the last season, Dallas Cowboys are still they're still lacking that second pass rusher. Uh, Lawrence has been up hit and miss, and then of course Alden Smith. You know, former 49er is, is shown up, but I think he only has five and a half sacks. So it's just they're they're still missing that piece. I think the Niners can can, can win this game. Now, do I want them to win this game? I don't know. I, you still you still root for your team to win games, but I'm looking at the long term here. Like, what is the point or what is the value of winning this game if it moves you from say pick five to pick eleven? That's a big jump because of one game. And I, I always go back to 2016 season where Kaepernick wins the final game against the Rams. It takes us from one to two. We miss out on Miles Garrett, and then we draft Solomon Thomas at three. So the ramifications of winning some games that are pointless in a pointless season right now for the 49ers are big. But, you know, Kyle Shannon, I don't think Kyle Shannon is going to be going to lose to Mike McCarthy. I think that's kind of <laughs> where I'm at with it. Um, on the other side, how can how can the Dallas Cowboys beat the 49ers? What will it take here? Is it something where we pretty much implode or is it something that the Cowboys can take advantage of? I think the biggest thing that concerns me is all three of those wide receivers versus our cornerbacks and safeties in on, on the 49ers defense. Where are you at with that, Dalton? Yeah, it's really tough because the, the Dallas Cowboys are having such a difficult time on the offensive line. Um, I had to go on the radio last night and tell the people that they think the offensive line has been good, but it's actually just been they've been getting the ball out really fast and kind of trying to hide that. So, yeah, the, the wide receivers are obviously I think they're the best trio in the NFL. I don't think it's particularly close either. Um, you know, the CeeDee Lamb uh, has been really, really good as a rookie. Amari Cooper, in my opinion, when he's healthy like he is right now, uh, is a top five talent at wide receiver. Um, and then you have Michael Gallup, who as a deep threat is really, really good. He's somebody who's really good in the intermediate over the middle parts of the field. You're not going to get that 
um, from the Dallas Cowboys. So I, I really don't think that Michael Gallup is a huge worry for the San Francisco 49ers. I think it's the other two that are. Um, and so I think that as long as you can play assignment sound football, which, you know, watching San Francisco 49ers defense, one thing that I really, really like from them was how uh, well connected their front seven was when it came to defending the run, everybody doing their jobs. It, you know, sometimes you just get beat and you give up a big play or two. Um, but if you have guys that are going to do their job consistently and you have guys that are over the top, like Fred Warner um, at linebacker who can make up for other people's mistakes, Stakes when they do happen. Uh, I think that it would take a, a really, really clean game from this Dallas Cowboys offense to really put up, you know, 24 to 28 points. Um, I think that you're looking at a, a team that's going to, you know, maybe contend to score three touchdowns at, at very best um, just because it's a team that has been riddled with fumbles uh, this year from these running backs from, you know, taking sacks. And so if the Cowboys can can stay turnover free, I think that they can make it a, a, a nice, close, contested game. Uh, but I, I think offensively, it's just a team that has a backup quarterback and a lot of backup offensive linemen. Um, so you talked about the wide receivers. I want to ask you a question point blank, and you're going to throw the contracts out the window because I'm very much on record as saying don't pay running backs. And not don't pay running backs in general. Don't pay running backs massive, massive extensions like the Cowboys paid Ezekiel Elliott. Who's better, Ezekiel Elliott or Tony Pollard? Uh, Tony Pollard. And so I don't I think it like, – Absolutely. And listen, that's going to sound like a really, really hot take to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's really not. And if Ezekiel Elliott goes out and he doesn't fumble the ball five times this year, you might have a little bit better of an answer here because Tony Pollard has had his you know mental lapses as well as a young player. But when you look at explosive plays, when you look at the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, um, you just see a different type of athlete back there. And in an NFL today and in this offensive line that the Cowboys have right now, Listen, vision and patience doesn't do you shit. <laughs> and that's what Zeke that's what Ezekiel Elliott was always so good with. He was always so good at being able to stay patient, find the correct way to peel things off in zone or, or duo or, or outside zone and be able to work off his offensive lineman, but he's just not able to do that with this poor offensive line play and then on top of that he's lost a little bit of explosiveness and that just comes from getting hit so much and playing so many damn snaps the dude plays over 90 percent of the snaps every single game so he's either getting hit when he's in pass protection and he's getting hit when he's catching the ball or he's running out on routes and he's getting winded and he has to go back out there and try to perform at this super high level and try to justify this contract when he's tapping his helmet trying to get out of the fucking game like you, you you play a guy who is more explosive and has made more big plays and has shown you something over the guy who is, is averaging 3.9 yards a carry and has fumbled the ball five times. I know you want to try to justify the contract and play this dude a lot, and he's fine. He's a, a top you know 20 running back in the NFL probably. But... Give the guy a break and try to let him be as effective as possible by allowing him to play 60% of the snaps instead of 95. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yep. I mean I, I'm there with you. I mean, what I, I don't I don't know what happened with Zeke. Like it just the cat I mean, the lo- the workload is ridiculous. First year 322 rushes, 2017, 242, 2018, 304. 
2019, 301, and this year so far, 211. It's just, it's hard to keep these backs healthy. It looks like he fell off a cliff, to be quite honest with you. He looks very slow, getting in out of his breaks. What are you seeing with Zeke when it comes to that burst? Is it gone? Oh, the, the long speed is completely gone. Um, at the beginning of the season, he had actually slimmed down a little bit to start this year. Um, and he's still that slimmed down Zeke. He, I think he's probably about 225 now. He might have played at 240 last year and, and the, the half year before. He was big, big. Um, mm-hmm. And that affected you know, how he carried himself and, and how he was able to make guys miss because he wasn't. Uh, he did a better job at the beginning of this season making guys miss and making some plays, even though they weren't you know, explosive plays down the field. He was, you know, making that first guy miss in the backfield. Well, as the year's going on, he's getting hit more. He's, I'm sure, beat to hell because these guys are all beat to hell at this point. And he's not able to make those guys miss at this point. And it's showing in these lack of big runs. Um, He actually, he had, I think, a 21-yard run uh, against the Bengals. But, like, when you can drive a truck through a hole, I, I expect you to be able to make a play. Um, and so, yeah, he's he's lost all his ability to – he's not ever going to break off a 60-plus yarder again. Like, that's just not going to be who he is. He's going to get run down. Um, he can still be an effective back. And he can still be a, a top 10 producer in the NFL as a back from an efficiency standpoint if they would give him less snaps and if this offensive line is healthy. But he is the type of back that needs a healthy offensive line to really be what he can be. Now, I'm not going to compare him to the great Frank Gore because he's not. I was thinking the he's same not. thing. But Frank Gore not. never had the home run speed. And Frank Gore always got tracked down from behind. He could get you 30, 40 yards, but eventually someone's going to catch him. Uh, is he- well, Frank, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Frank had two. Frank had a 79-yarder and an 81-yard touchdown in the same game. Right, right, right. But that was very early on in his career. As, as, as he moved, <laughs> as he progressed during the Harbaugh years, especially. I'm always going to give Frank props. I know, but during the Harbaugh years, you saw it especially. Um, there's a couple yeah, of games. Of course, the Lions yeah. game stands out in my mind, particularly the first year in 2011, because he had two runs where he it would have been a house call for just about any other running back. And I think that's also why Frank Gore isn't talked about in the top running backs of all time because he isn't a home run hitter and he doesn't have the 80 yard runs on the highlight reel. But um, yeah, it, it seems like Zeke has definitely lost his step and he's not going to be that guy. And he also looks incredibly lost as a receiver out of the backfield. It, whenever he goes out into the flat and whenever he tries to catch a pass, he looks like he just doesn't know how to contort his body and turn the right way to make a catch. And it just, it seems like he drops a lot of passes as well. I think the Seattle game, he had like three consecutive drops on a drive. And it's it, it's a shame, but this is, again, it comes back to why I say don't pay running backs big money. Get guys like Raheem Mostert that you can pay four or $5 million a year instead of trying to pay a guy $15 million a year. And, uh, can the Cowboys get out from that contract at some point, or are they just kind of stuck with it? Yeah, they can realistically get out of it after next season. And I think that that's probably what they'll end up doing. The, the one thing about Jerry and, and Steven is they do know, with the back at least, when to, to let go and, and and get rid of these older. Or I guess older. I mean, he's going to be like 26 when he gets cut. But... <laughs> Or, or trade. I mean, I doubt anybody would trade for that contract. But yeah, I, I just think that after next season is when he's probably gone. That makes sense. Um, another guy that comes up on this Cowboys team. Um, the offensive line used to be a really big strong point for the for the Dallas Cowboys. Tyron Smith. He's been hurt the last couple of seasons. What, what is the word with him now? It's, it's a back. I mean, he's had continuous back issues, and you know, the Niners are seeing that with D four with back issues, potential retirement. Is there any word on? Tyron Smith and his future, um, 
And what are they going to do at left tackle? It seems like the Cowboys have Cowboys went from one of the better teams in the NFL to one who has a lot of holes to fill this offseason because of all these injuries and potential retirements is what I'm hearing down here in Austin about Tyron Smith. Yeah, so Tyron's a, a really private person overall. You don't really know a, a ton about him. You never know what he's doing outside of football whatsoever. But yeah, he's before this season, he had played 13 games in the past you know, four years prior. Um, and then this year, obviously, he missed most of the season. So yeah, he's just not a guy that you can count on to, to be out there on the field. And, you know... For, for me, it all depends on what he wants to do, because if he wants to go out and retire, there's nothing that you can do about it. We just we don't know at this point what he is going to to consider. But when you look at the other side of the football, you have a guy in Lyle Collins who came in the, the, the camp part of it um, and was out of shape, overweight. Um, and then ended up having a, a hip injury. And a hip injury for an offensive lineman is, you know, right now up there with a back or a neck injury. Um, and, and so you have both of those offensive tackle spots that you are not 100% sure on next year. Um, and, and with Tyron, like, for me, if I'm him, I at least consider hanging him up. Because at this point, you're what you know quality and uh, yeah we can talk about quality of life and how much money these guys make but when you're always aching and you're always hurt that that wears on you after a while and so I, I can't imagine that he gets up every day and it's like I'm ready to go out and play some football today um, even though he knows his back is, is going to be killing him afterwards so I, I don't know what's going to happen with it, but it, it definitely is something that is largely concerning. Yeah, when we talked to Joe Staley, he kind of told us that exact thing, that it was just your body at some point knows when it's time to call it quits. He signed a two-year extension. He he you know he planned to play two more seasons, but he just got to the Super Bowl week, and he said he slept like six hours total leading up to the Super Bowl, and he was, he was so exhausted that he nodded off during the national anthem You know that the Super Bowl is playing. You know, everybody has their eyes closed and kind of put their head down. And he actually fell asleep just because that's how exhausted his body was. And he just knew at that point that he was done and he just wasn't going to play. And, and so I, I get it. And if Tyron Smith decides to call it a quit, call it quits, I will never, ever, ever ding a guy for calling it quits for injuries. Uh, Andrew Luck got a ton of crap for doing it. But, you know, these guys want to be able to walk when they're 40. Yeah, well, and, yeah, exactly. We're, we're, we're good people. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're not the assholes. We're not the assholes booing him as he was booing Andrew Luck as he walked off the field. Now, I'll always respect a guy that calls it quits for his body because that's, that's really, in the end, that's the only thing they have left after the, their playing career is over. You know, they, they'll, they'll probably go on to do other things and have other careers and stuff, but they have to live in that body. And, and as, you know, we're all vets. We all know what it's like to go through and, and what it's like to wake up and just hurt. And that sucks. I can't imagine playing football for 13 years and having that same kind of beat down my body took um but i want to talk about this guy on your team back of quarterback game adult because i caught a ton of shit for saying that i wouldn't <laughs> actually hate bringing in Andy Dalton to mentor a rookie if they were to take someone like trey lance or someone like zach wilson to bring in Andy Dalton because he's playing for three million dollars this year correct yes significantly cheaper than jimmy garoppolo and could still mentor a young kid um, how has Andy Dalton looked for the Cowboys this year? I know he's a backup, so you're not expecting you know world beater, but he did start for a long, long time in Cincinnati. Has he been okay? Has he been good? Has he been really bad? Where, where, where does he fall on the uh, on the quarterback scale here? 
Yeah, you know, after those first few weeks when he was really uh, having issues because this offensive line was so bad, they were still trying to, you know, kind of run the, the Dak Prescott offense and, and push the ball down the field. And that's not where he's at in his career at this point. He wants to get back to the last step of his drop and get rid of it. And I think in a Kyle Shanahan run offense, if he's going to mentor a, kid, a young kid, I think that he'd be perfect for that that type of, of passing attack. You know, a lot of, you know, towards the line of scrimmage type throws. He's not a guy who, even if that downfield throw is there, if that check down's there, he's probably going to hit the check down instead. And so he's a, a safe quarterback for the most part who's not going to be mobile. I mean, I know that, you know, Kyle Shanahan has had Jimmy Garoppolo, who is kind of the same guy, doesn't isn't very mobile at the end of the day. And so I think that that's going to be uh, a, a really nice option if they're looking for that, that guy to come in and, and be a mentor. I don't know where he's at in his career, if he's okay at this point with being a backup or not. Um, but I, I think when he took the backup role in Dallas, it was because he could live at home in Fort Worth and, you know, be close to his family and go to work every day and not have to worry about about COVID all that much, honestly. Um, and so I think that, you know, if we get the vaccine rolling up and we get back to some sense of normalcy next year, I think that that's a really nice option as a spot starter to, to groom your rookie. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not opposed. Thank you. I'm not opposed to that either. Because really, like, and, 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 f- yeah, well, 49ers fans, like, I got to ask, like, what do you want from a, a mentor backup type guy? Like, uh, what, what, what do they want? They want to have their cake and eat it, too. So they want to keep Jimmy Garoppolo and draft a rookie and spend all that cap space on Garoppolo and spend the high draft capital on a rookie that's what they that's i'm I'm dead serious that's what they want to do and they want to have this the rookie sit for an entire year and the nfl doesn't work like that anymore the carson palmers of the world don't exist anymore where you just have a rookie stand there and hold a clipboard you gotta let these guys go in and be baptized by fire because they're not going to learn anything sitting on the sideline until they until they get to experience the game speed you let them take their lumps and especially with shanahan's offense you know they can let them sit behind the run game and then slowly open up the playbook and you start throwing the ball more and more downfield. I don't understand their reluctancy to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. Quarterback wins, whatever. I don't care. It's not a stat. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's just this big subset of people that want Garoppolo and also want to draft someone very high at the quarterback position. And it makes zero sense to me to spend that much cap space and that much draft capital on the same position. It makes no sense to me. That's what the, that's what the Eagles did. And look at them. Yeah. Makes no sense. You're on mute, Dalton. They also <laughs> expected the other guy not to fall off a cliff completely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean they, they yeah. were expecting, well, maybe they were expecting to move on, but nobody else was. You know, we're, we're all kind of expecting, especially if they spend, if the 49ers spend high draft capital, they're going to, they're going to get rid like, they're going to take a guy high and, and he's going to end up being the starter eventually. Yeah. Right, like it, it's a, a little bit different situation, but I, I get the the general thought of that, the gist of it. The yeah, gist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not you know, and, and and me and Matt have been on record plenty of times. Jimmy Garoppolo is fine; he can win you some games, but it's always about the how he wins you games. You know, um, Jared Goff won that game against the New England Patriots, but it, did anyone actually look at that stat line? 
he didn't do much. You know, the, the QB wins. He's going to get the win because of he was the quarterback. But it's the how you win. And that's kind of where I'm at with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's the how we how are we winning. You know, if he can't elevate your passing game, then what's the point? And that's kind of where I'm at with him. Um, and, you know, keeping a guy, you know, there's a there's a whole bunch of stuff, you know. And, and I feel responsible for part of the Twitter explosion on Zach Wilson. But, you know, that's a guy that I really liked. Um, and some people just don't understand draft capital, the cap situation, restructures, extensions. It's, it's very hard to explain. Um, the Niners just can't go into next season with a $27 million quarterback and no backup plan because the issue now with Jimmy Garoppolo is can he stay healthy too? This is two, 20, it'll be, this Sunday will be 21 starts missed. 21 and then he has 22 wins. So, you know, he's basically, when he's on the field, cool, great. When he's not we're losing. So it's just, you gotta, you gotta weigh the options and you can't, you know, spend $27 million on a guy, draft a guy in the first round or go get Matthew Stafford and still pick a first round pick. Matthew Stafford is going to be worth a first round pick if, in a trade. Like that's just, that's just how that's going to work. Um, what do you, with, man, this game sucks, <laughs> by the way. It's, yeah, no, it's terrible. <laughs> it's awful. This is how I felt with the Dallas Cowboys for the past like eight weeks. It's been terrible. <laughs> oh man like you know it, and i'm trying to find like just anything worth really talking about but it's just like i'm i think me you and matt are so ready for the draft to happen just to get yep. get the season over with um is there any chance in your head that the cowboys make the playoffs with this nfc east no absolutely not <laughs> I, there's a bigger chance that they lose the rest of their games than they do making the playoffs that's fair that's fair. Technically, the 49ers are still alive in this. They're still alive in the playoffs. They're one of those fringe teams where they need a bunch of teams ahead of them to lose. They need to beat the Cardinals next week. They need to win out, basically. Um, and I'm very much in the same boat. I think there's a much higher percentage of them losing all the games than making the playoffs because I, I just think I eliminated San Francisco from the playoffs in my mind. I've said this a couple times on the podcast, but the second quarter of the Buffalo game, once Josh Allen really got rolling, and it was very clear they weren't going to win that football game. I was like, okay, this is this is done. This is done. Um, but th- yeah, this game playoffs. Don't talk about it. playoffs. You kidding me? <laughs> Javi loves that button so much, and so do I. It cracks me up. Every that's day. just where we are this yeah. year. You know, that's where we are this year. You keep muting yourself, man. This is this is super embarrassing to come on. Uh, and dude, yourself. I thought I turned it back on. <laughs> it's all right. I, We're I, gonna have it one, in there. So I, what had happened was I had preemptively <laughs> turned it on. And then I went to turn it back on, and I actually hit mute. That is that is super embarrassing. I was trying to say that I love having a sound button and having presets. That's fantastic. That's something that <laughs> it's I, beautiful, I would, dude. I would easily spend the the hundreds of dollars to to have a nice board in front of me right now, so I could play drop. Feels great, baby. Oh yes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it feels great, Aaron Andrews feels great <laughs> <laughs> oh man so yeah we, we've kind of exhausted these two teams and, and everything we can talk about so you know the last thing we always do before we get out of here no is we, we did pretty- let's talk about my love for kyle use check and the fullback oh all let's right? do it yeah. all right all right let's, let's do it legitimately Juice. legitimately the way that kyle shanahan has figured out how to make a fullback in 2020 a legitimate thing that matters is my favorite thing in the world i love <laughs> <laughs> every single bit of what he does with Kyle Juszczyk. Um 
No, I just I needed to get that off my chest. I'm a huge fullback guy, even though I'm a, a big quarterback throwing the ball guy. I think that when you have somebody like Kyle Juszczyk and you have a legitimate weapon who can line up on the outside, they put him in motion a lot. Um, he is responsible to block end man online quite a bit. He's banging it around with defensive ends. I love him because he's not just that that uh, dude with the the neck roll who just runs into people at full speed. Like he's a legitimate athlete at the position too who's a good receiver um and i just needed to get that out there that i really respect the hell out of kyle you <laughs> he had a bad game versus washington but for the most part he has been everything you want out of a fullback slash tight end slash running back slash whatever the hell you need him to be so he's been outstanding for the 49ers he is a free agent at the end of the year we don't know if he'll be back the niners have a lot of decisions to make uh, on this roster, um, it's this. It's just man, this season sucks. <laughs> it's frustrating because you know this is uh, this is a game I was looking forward to. Like it's been so long since both the Cowboys and the Niners have been good together, yeah. Yeah. and then playing a game. The last time that they were remotely supposed to be good was that Week One game that I went to in Dallas, where Cap Kaepernick and the, the Niners kind of beat up on the Cowboys. But then the Niners fell apart and they went eight and eight and the Cowboys were like 12 and four that year. So, you know, it's just like, can we just get back to our 90s days with Dion versus Jerry? Can we get like a can Diggs be good and go against Ayuk? Like, can we get that? Like, please. I don't know about all that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe down the field that would be good. But I, if uh, if you're going to get Ayuk the ball quick, it's it's going to be ugly. Yeah, it sounds like the Niners are going to win this game. So, before we get out of here, um, Dalton, like we always do, what, what do you got for a score prediction, and then how do you think the Cowboys season ends? It's going to be 24-14. to 14. San Francisco 49ers are going to win this football game, and I think that the Dallas Cowboys end up losing all three of the rest of their games. And that would put them at 4-12? and 4-12, baby! All right, four and twelve. So the with the fourth pick in the draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Zach Wilson, and I'm gonna be super mad. No, God, I'd be so mad. Not let that happen. I'd be so mad that to happen. Listen, <laughs> yeah. I, listen, I want to be a Cowboys fan for the rest of my days, but I'm um, I'm not gonna if Dak's not around, and I want Dak to be around. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. All right, Javi, what do you got for this game? Um, I got the Four ers win this game too. Um, it's just it's just hard for me to trust anything Nick Mullins does, but I'm going to take the Niners here. <laughs> 20, 20 to 10, Niners get in the end zone twice, a couple field goals. Um, Niners defense is is still pretty good without Bosa and Ford. You know, Fred Warner, um, according to Robert Sala, is the best linebacker in the game. I think all three of us can agree to that. Sure. Um, so if Fred is playing, and I think it's going to be a Jeff, big Jeff Wilson game, um, I need him for uh, – selfish reasons fantasy football um but i, I don't think most is going to get many touches so jeff it's a jeff wilson game 20 to 10 niners run away with it and uh they go on to arizona and seattle and finish out the season yeah i'm going to take 31 13 the 49ers win because Jesus. i think shanahan is going to try and come out and absolutely beat up on a bad dallas defense because he just got kind of pushed around a little bit by the washington defense i think he People, whenever whenever the 49ers offense has a bad game, people start to question the offensive genius of Shanahan. And Shanahan is petty as fuck. 
So I think he's going to go out there and he's going to try and just run this score up. And I think they're going to do it through the running game and through the short passing game and get the ball into their playmakers' hands as soon as possible. Don't let Nick Mullins drag it out. What do you want? What you got? No, no. Keep, keep finish, finish up. I, I, I want to do a little exercise real okay. quick at the end of here. Okay, yeah. So I just think 31-13. And I think Dallas scores two touchdowns and Greg Zerline donks one off the uh, extra point. Donks one off the uh, upright on an extra point. So that's how they get to 13. So 31-13, I have San Francisco winning, even though I would prefer they lose this game for draft purposes only. I don't want them to lose some running against them. Draft <laughs> purposes only. But I want them to lose this game. What you got, Dalton? All right. So if the NFC East is the NFC least in the NFL, the NFC West is the complete opposite when it comes to how good-looking their head coaches are. I need you guys really quick on your own podcast to power rank <laughs> the four <laughs> NFC West head coaches by how good looking they are. I'll give you a minute to think and I'll give you mine real quick. At number four is the fake good looking guy, Cliff Kingsbury. He's number four. <laughs> the sunglasses do a lot of work for Cliff, okay? That's where Absolutely. we're at with that. Um, after that, it gets a little bit more difficult because, listen. I want to give it. I want to give the number one spot to uh, my guy, Pete. The issue is he is a little bit out of my age range, so I gotta <laughs> give him number two. <laughs> Sean McVay, I, like, I'm not really sure about Sean McVay at the end of the day because, like, he's a, a decently good-looking guy, but that short comb over is just not the best look in the world. Mm -hmm. Um. And so, honestly, Sean McVay is my number three. And there's something about Kyle, man. That little five o'clock stubble that he has, or, or even the little <laughs> bit more me. of a beard that he has at this point. I legitimately think that's some bad mofo. That, that dad look that he got, because because you know, at the end of the day, you know, Pete might have a little bit of gilf in him. Like he's a little bit older. He's a, he's a grandfather <laughs> age at this a point. Gilf. <laughs> Shanahan to me is is at the top of the list, so I, I want to hear where you guys sit here. Uh, yeah, I'm. Go ahead, Hobby. Go ahead. I'm with you on number four, Cliff. The glasses, the glasses are working for him, and I I can't get over the you know, the uh, the capris that he wears on the sidelines. It just doesn't do it for me. Um, I'm gonna go with Pete Old Graybush at three, and then Sean McVay at two. Yeah, he lifts. He looks like he lifts. And then Kyle Shanahan has aged gracefully in front of our own eyes. All the stress he's taken on, you know, since his since his first year as a Niners head coach, he looked like he went from twenty five to forty five in three years. Um, thanks to Nick Mullins, C.J. Beathard, Brian Hoyer, all these injuries, losing the Super Bowl. The man has been through hell and back. I'm pretty sure he has a healthy stash of alcohol in his house. So to rank them: one Kyle, two Sean, three Pete, and four Cliff Kingsbury, who is also probably the worst coach in the NFC. Like I, I really don't like Cliff Kingsbury. I think he's terrible. That's like, he, he he's the worst. He's the worst. Actually, you know what? I'm sorry. It's McCarthy then Cliff. Like those would be the, the those are the, in the NFC. That's fair. Um, I liked your ranking, Javi, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one little caveat here. So at four, Cliff, 100, nicest house probably out of all of them. The way he flexed yeah. on everybody at the draft. That very was stylish. that was that was very nice. Um. Then old man, Very modern. old man Pete. I had to look it up. He is sixty nine years old. Nice, nice. Uh, he looks good for himself. Nice. So that's too. That's way too old. That's 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 yeah. That's like 
And plus, you know, he chews yeah, the gum all the yeah, time. Yeah, but he's 69, but he looks like he's 55. Yeah, that's fair. But the way he smacks the gum all the time, you're you know right, that's not right, just right, a sideline right. thing. You know, he's just constantly chewing gum like that. So that, that would drive me nuts. Um, Kyle Shanahan gets the head, gets, gets, gets the number one spot, only if he's bearded Kyle Shanahan. If he's yeah, baby he's faced Kyle have, Shanahan. No, no, no. I absolutely agree with that. Gotta, he has to have beard. something. It's got to be the beard. If, it doesn't have to be a lot. It's got to be something. It does have to be some something like, substantial. Yes. When he got when he when he got hired and he was clean shaven with John Lynch, it, it's, it, it didn't do it for me. And I would have put mm-hmm. McVeigh ahead of him just because McVeigh always has that perfect like four day beard going on, and it always looks really well kept. Um, but yeah, since Kyle Shanahan's got the uh, got the beard going on right now, I'm going to put him at number one. So I think we're a clean sweep across the board. Kyle Shanahan is the best looking coach in the NFC West. Yeah, and if you can't win football games, you might as well be good looking. So at least we got that going for us in the <laughs> NFC West. Yeah. Oh, jeez. And if you can't be on the field, you might as well be good looking. Where'd you go, Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this went completely off the rails at the end. Dalton, we thank you so much for coming back on again. I know you're I my mortal you. enemy, and I know. <laughs> <laughs> I I know. I know. I hate you too. Harvey, no. thanks for having me on. <laughs> of course, buddy. We love you, man. Plug yourself, Dalton. Plug yourself. Yeah, you can find my work at the Pro Football Network. Just uh, search my name in there. Uh, we're actually about to hop into a, a Pro Football Network meeting for the mock draft uh, simulator. We go through every week and we reorder these guys, try to give you guys the best mock draft experience we can. Um, and then you can also, every once in a while, hear me on 105.3 The Fan in the morning uh, between the hours of 05.30 and 9 uh, that is central time. And then, uh, every single Wednesday at nine o'clock central time on one Oh five, three, the fan. And you can follow me on Twitter at Dalton B Miller. Yeah. As always, Dalton, we appreciate you. <laughs> and, uh, for everyone out there, we, you are, you already know who we are. Uh, follow everything at pro football network at PFN 365. Follow myself at tw- on Twitter at Javier Vague underscore. Follow my guy, Matt here at Matt bar underscore. And yet, uh, mortal enemy Dalton. Don't follow him. Just don't do it. <laughs> You'll have a bad time. You will. <laughs> I promise. Um, but until Sunday night, go Niners. Everyone stay safe. Enjoy your pre-holiday stuff. I got to go cook and take care of my son's birthday stuff. But uh, shout out to my son who turns two today. Uh, but until Sunday night, we'll see how this game goes. Um, get your alcohol ready. Go Niners. Peace. Happy birthday, little man. Start the new year right during the Xfinity Hello 2021 sales event. For a limited time, ask how to get $250 back when you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet. Plus, save hundreds on your wireless bill. The Xfinity Hello 2021 sales event ends soon. So visit Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store today. Ends 111-21. Restrictions apply. New customers only. Actual savings vary and are not guaranteed. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.